0: Welcome to the Mac Metallic Podcast, where we respect the fashion's past, analyze fashion's present, and get excited about fashion's future. I'm Liberty Impop, founder and creative principal of fashion media company Manic Metallic. Several times per week, I'll bring you episodes about exciting things happening in fashion, discussion about current issues facing the industry, and the places and people that have made the fashion industry great. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at the Metallic Podcast and... At Medic Metallic, both linked in our show notes. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Medic Metallic Podcast. I'm Liberty, your host. On this episode, I'm going to give a close look at what my experiences were with European fashion while in Italy and France for a one month honeymoon. Over those five months, we went to five different areas within Italy and France. I'll talk about both the specific fashion places that my husband and I visited and my impression of European fashion overall from seeing it in the streets. Ben, my husband, took photos of the fashion neighborhoods and stores, both the exterior and the interior for the ones that we went into for me with our camera for Manic Metallic's archives, while I handled the videos that I later uploaded to Manic Metallic's Instagram account as reels. It was a team effort. Our honeymoon was, of course, not only about fashion. We did so much more. But you likely wouldn't be interested in our other exploits because we talk about fashion on the Manic Vitalic podcast. If you somehow are interested, let me know. But let's get into the episode. So the first city that we went to was Rome. And our first true fashion stop within Rome was Tridente, a.k.a. the Spanish Steps area. Rome if you've ever read Manic Vitalik's Alternative Fashion Capitals e-book, was one of our Alternative Fashion Capitals. If you haven't read the e-book and would be interested in doing so, I'll have a link to purchase it in the show notes below for you. Back to Tridentino. Tons of expensive luxury shopping around the Spanish Steps specifically, but it seemed that as you go down Via del Babuino, there were a couple more affordable places to shop. This is our relative, of course, to Balenciaga and Gucci. We then went to La Renicente to get media content and take a look around. I'd heard a lot about the department store and had, in fact, included in Alternative Fashion Capitals, and I expected to be a bit more impressed than I was. It's not the store itself. It was fine. But it seemed a bit small, and the selection did not seem as wide. Again, it was fine for what it was, but I'm sure at the Milan location which is its headquarters, is more fast. The next day, we went to Monty, which I had also included in Manic Metallic Sea* book True to what we had written about, the Monty neighborhood had a wealth of vintage stores and indie shops. We stopped in Pfebo Vintage, which is known for having one of the city's better vintage collections. It had a tinge of America worship, however, and wasn't one of my favorites for that reason. But if you like that sort of thing, that's definitely your place. The next place that we went to in terms of cities was Florence. We went to Gucci Garden, which is a mashup of a store, a museum, and restaurant celebrating the Gucci legacy. But actually, it's mainly just celebrating Alessandro Michele's work. Look for a review on Mentallic.com on that visit. I've got a lot of thoughts on it. We also went to multiple concept stores and vintage shops in Florence. Luisa Roma stuck out to me as being particularly well-curated while containing a well-designed interior and a laid-back attitude. I'd absolutely recommend giving them a visit. Flow Store is one of Florence's more trendy places to shop as well and also had a great interior space. Dolce Vita Vintage Lab is also worth a mention and is always in the conversation as one of Florence's better finish options. If you're interested in seeing videos of any of these places, by the way, head to Manic Metallic's IG profile and go to the Reels tab to check them out. The third city that we went to was Milan. We stopped at a couple of vintage shops in Milan, of course, but our true prize was 10 Corso Como. 10 Corso Como is one of Milan's primary concept stores, and, like Luisa Roma in Florence, had a laid-back vibe where they don't bother you if you're not buying anything. This is completely unlike stores in the States. Everyone here is so paranoid that someone is going to take what's theirs that they're always on the lookout for thievery to happen. It's truly a shame. But 10 Corso Como wasn't like that at all. It's not like they knew that I was a media or press outlet or anything. I could have just been a person off the street. But they were great, and the fashion selection is top-notch along with the spectacular interior. It was probably one of my favorite places that Ben and I got to visit. I'm going back. We then went to the quadrilateral Moda area of Milan that same day. If you can imagine what a less commercialized and more fashion-oriented 5th Avenue in New York is like then you can get an idea of what this area is like. The area is truly a luxury gold mine. You can't go to Milan without stopping here. Again, check our Instagram reels to get more info on the area. It's one of those, if you have to ask, you probably can't afford it types of areas. Oh, and you probably can't afford it because almost no one can. I want to take a quick moment to tell you about Manic Metallic's recent product. Do you like fashion? Does it matter to you beyond just entertainment value? Well, Manic Metallic is a fashion media company that creates audio, written, and video content that supports our ethos that fashion is an art, discipline, and societal force for change. We recently published a fashion ebook titled, Alternative Fashion Capitals, a survey of 20 cities of emerging thought leadership. In it, we detail 20 cities beyond just New York, Milan, London, and Paris that have thriving fashion scenes, and we dive deep into what they have to offer, including shopping districts, specific places to shop, brands, events, fashion organizations, fashion publications, and universities and colleges. These 20 cities have a lot to offer the world with regards to the fashion industry, and Manic Metallic is determined to share their stories. We'd love for you to consider purchasing this fashion ebook and for you to join our growing community via our website, social media, newsletter, and podcast. For more information on the ebook and where it can be purchased, please visit manicmetallic.com forward slash products. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. Last, we checked out Galleria Vittorio Emanuel. Though the architecture was really interesting, I was actually sorely underwhelmed by what turned out to be an overrated mall. The restaurants weren't that interesting, and the fashion choices were very limited. Go once for the Instagrams and the TikToks, and then leave, and don't bother going back. After that, it was on to the French Riviera and then to Paris after that. We ended up spending about 18 days in Italy and about 11 or 12 days in France. We didn't actually do anything fashion specific in either the French Riviera or Paris. I'm crazy, I know. But I wanted to lounge and enjoy my honeymoon. Along with seeing other towns in the area, we spent a lot of time in Cannes. And I was actually impressed with Cannes' sheer amount of fashion options. I didn't get to give it the time that it deserves though, but there seemed to be plenty of luxury stores close to the beach and plenty of indie boutiques, concept stores, and mid-range boutiques sprinkled without the city. I really should have gone into one of them. I'm sad. We also didn't go into anything fashion related in Paris, but then we only had a few days in the city before flying back to New York. I need to go back to Europe. Like, very much so. So in this next part of the podcast, I'm going to give just some general notes that I came away thinking about or wondering or just, like, generally pondering with respect to the European fashion scene and how I saw it on the streets and just, like, overall recollections. So the first one is that it seemed like everywhere that we were going that there was either a fashion event going on or one that was passing through town right after we left. In Florence, we overlapped with Pitti Uomo for a day on June 14th, but that was it. In Milan, apparently it was Men's Fashion Week from June 17th to June 22nd. I wouldn't have known about it because I'm terrible at keeping up with Men's Fashion Week. And we overlapped with that for the first two days. In Cannes, there was a Vogue and Snapchat AR exhibition from June 20th to June 24th. And we overlapped with this one week exhibit for the entirety of it. But we declined to attend because we had more places to see, like Nice and Grasse. And in Paris, we overlapped with Men's Fashion Week for a day, and we just missed Stolt Couture Week by a few days because we left Paris at the end of June. I bring all of that up to say that this industry never slows down, it never stops, it just keeps going. It'll always be an impossibility to attend everything, and I'm okay with that. But for sustainability's sake, and for the sake of those in the fashion industry, the industry truly needs to take a break sometimes and not power ahead so vigorously. My next point is that Italy had a lot of these random clothing stores that seemed like they were low to mid-range in terms of price point. I couldn't vouch for the quality because... I didn't go in to look at those, but I was also afraid to buy these pieces of clothing because some of these were pieces that were only 30 euros or 20 euros or even 10 euros. Whenever I see those types of prices, bells and whistles start going off in my head along with the fast fashion red alert. If you're European and you know of these stores that I'm talking about, please educate me and tell me what they are. Am I right that it's fast fashion? Or did I miss a massive opportunity to stock up on a heavy amount of clothing? DM me at manicmetallic on Instagram if you have an answer, please. My next point is that there were plenty of Americans in both Italy and France, and they were quite noticeable. By style alone, however, it was surprisingly hard to tell who was an American and who was not, Because the cities that my husband and I traveled to weren't pretty tourist-heavy. And just like judging off of style alone, how would you know where anyone's from? What was easy to pick up on, however, was who was definitely a European. The clothing was tasteful on these types. Nothing flashy. Just good quality clothing. Lots of stripes and florals. Next point is that many, many people were wearing shorts, which made me think that one of two things must be true here. Either those that say that Europeans don't wear shorts ever are lying, or that every single person wearing shorts was an American. I happen to believe that the first option is true. Contrary to the belief of some, there were also plenty of people in Europe with logoed clothing. The logos were generally not overdone, except for a fellow at San Giovanni Station in Rome that was dressed in head-to-toe Dior logo gear. Just, why? It was so bad. I truly hope that none of our podcast listeners ever do that. It's extremely tacky. Something else that I took note of is that almost no one wore heels. It would have been self-sacrifice to do so. You can't do cobblestone streets with heels unless they're boots or wedges. Even still, the streets are not the easiest on which to walk. I regularly walked about 20,000 steps a day on cobblestone streets, and I was so happy to get to Milan to see paved asphalt. I have never been so excited about asphalt, except for when the city finally paved the street in front of my apartment after a year of abysmal roads, but I digress. So one of the last things that I noticed is why are there so many sunburnt people in Europe? Do Europeans not wear sunscreen as much. If you're a European, DM me on Instagram, again, at medicmetallic, and let me know. Like, I, I need to know this. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoy listening to me talk about Italy and France's fashion through my eyes. Tune in for the next episode. We've got to get into an episode on the past. See it. Thanks for listening. If you got value out of today's episode, it'd mean a lot to me if you'd rate, review, and subscribe to the Manic Metallic podcast. Be sure to tell all of your fashion-inclined friends and coworkers about the podcast as well. This would really help us to spread our message about fashion being an art, discipline, and force for societal change. And don't forget to stay in touch with us by subscribing to the Manic Metallic newsletter and following us on Instagram feel free to reach out to us through either of those names. I'd love to hear from you. I'll link these all in the show notes. You're the best. See you next episode.